Section 50 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Yu Qing in Singapore. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2 by Cao Xieqing. Translated by Henry Bancroft Jolly. Chapter 50, Part 1. In the Luxia Pavilion, they vie with each other in pairing verses on the scenery. In the Nuansang village, they compose in beautiful style riddles for the spring lanterns. But to continue, we should, after all, Baotai suggested, make some distinction as to order. Let me write out what's needful. After uttering this proposal, she urged everyone to draw lots and determine the precedence. The first one to draw was Li Wan. After her, a list of the prospective names was made in the order in which they came out. Well, in that case, Lady Fong rejoined, I'll also give a top line. The whole party laughed in chorus. It will be ever so much better like this, they said. Bao Chai supplied above the old labour of Dao Xiang, the word Feng, whereupon Li Wan went on to explain the theme to her. You mustn't poke fun at me, Lady Feng smiled, after considerable reflection. I've only managed to get a coarse line. It consists of five words. As for the rest, I have no idea how to manage them. The coarser the language, the better it is, one and all laughed. Out with it! You can then go and attend to your legitimate business. I fancy, Lady Feng observed, that when it snows, there's bound to be northerly wind. For last night, I heard the wind blow from the north the whole night long. I've got a line. It's the whole night long the northern wind was high. But whether it will do or not, I am not going to worry my mind about it. One and all, upon hearing this, exchanged looks. This line is, it's true, coarse, they smiled and gives no insight into what comes below, but it's just the kind of opening that would be used by such as understand versification. It's not only good, but it will afford to those who come after you inexhaustible scope for writing. In fact, this line will take the lead, so old labourer of Daoxiang be quick, and indict some more to tag on below. Lady Feng, sister-in-law Li, and Ping Er had then another couple of glasses, after which each went her own way. During this while, Li Wan wrote down, The whole night long the northern wind was high, and then she herself subjoined the antithetical couplet. The door I open, and lo, the flakes of snow are still tossed by the wind, and drop into the slush. Oh, what a pity they're so purely white! Xiangling recited, all over the ground is spread, alas, this bright, refulgent gem, but with an aim, for it is meant dry herbage to revive. Tantrun said, Without design, the dying sprouts of grain it neutrifies, but in the villages the price of mellow wine doth rise. Li Qi added, In a good year, grain in the house is plentiful. The bulrush moves and the ash issues from the tube. Li Wen continued, What time spring comes, the handle of the dipper turns. The bleaky hills have long ago their verdure lost. 
Xiu Yan proceeded, on a frost-covered stream, no tide can ever rise. Easy the snow hangs on the sparse-leaved willow twigs. Xiang Yun pursued, hard is for snow to pile on broken plantain leaves. The coal, musk-scented, burns in the precious tripod. Bao Xing recited, the embroidered sleeve enwraps the golden sable in its folds. The snow transcends the mirror by the window in luster. Bao Yu suggested, the fragrant pepper clings onto the wall. The side wind still in whistling gusts doth blow. Dai Yu added, a quiet dream becomes a cheerless thing. Where is the five with plum bloom painted on? Bao Chai continued, In whose household is there a flute made of green jade? The fish fears lest the earth from its axis might drop. I'll go and see that the wine is warm for you people, Li Wan smiled. But when Bao Chai told Bao Qing to connect some lines, she caught sight of Xiang Yun and rise to her feet and put in. What time the dragon wages war, the clouds dispel. Back to the wild shore turns the man with single skull. Bao Xing thereupon again appended the couplet. The old man harms his lines, and with his whip he points at the bar bridge. Fur coats are, out of pity, on the troops and the frontiers bestowed. But would Xiang Yun allow anyone to have a say? The others could not besides come up to her in quickness of wits, so that, while their eyes were fixed on her, she with eyebrows uplifted and figure outstretched proceeded to say, More cotton coats confer, for bearing memory the imperial serfs. The rugged barbarous lands are, on account of snow, with dangers fraught. But I praised the verses again and again, and next contributed the distich. The twigs and branches live in fear of being tossed about. With what whiteness and feathery step the flakes of snow descend. Dai Yu eagerly subjoined the lines. The snow as nimbly falls as moves the waist of the Sui men when brandishing the sword. The tender leaves of tea, so accurate to the taste, have just been newly brewed and tried. As she recited this couplet, she gave Bao Yu a shove and urged him to go on. Bao Yu was, at the moment, enjoying the intense pleasure of watching the three girls, Bao Chai, Bao Xing, and Dai Yu, make a joint onslaught on Xiang Yun, so that he had, of course, not given his mind to tagging any antithetical verses. But when he now felt Dai Yu push him, he at length chimed in with, the fir is the soul tree which is decreed for ever to subsist. The wild goose follows in the mud the prince and traces of its steps. Baoting took up the clue, adding, In the forest, the axe of the woodcutter may betimes be heard. With snow-covered contours, a thousand peaks their heads jut in the air. Sounding with alacrity annexed the verses, the whole way tortuous winds like a coiled snake. The flowers have felt the cold and ceased to bud. Bao Chai and her companions again with one voice eulogized their fine diction. Tan Chun then continued. 
Could ever the beauteous snow dread the nipping of frost? In the deep court the shivering birds are startled by its fall. Sun happened to be feeling thirsty and was hurriedly swallowing a cup of tea, when her turn was at once snatched by Xiu Yan, who gave out the lines. On the bare mountain wails the old man Chiao. The snow covers the steps, both high and low. Samin immediately put away the teacup and added, On the pond's surface, it allows itself to float. At a first blush of dawn, with effulgence, it shines. Tai Yu recited with alacrity the couplet, In confused flakes, it ceaseless falls the whole night long. Truth one forgets that it implies three feet of cold. Samin hastened to smilingly interpose with the distich. Its auspicious descent dispels the emperor's grief. There lies one frozen stiff, but who asks him a word? Bao Qing too speedily put on a smile and added, Glad is the proud wayfarer when he's pressed to drink. Snapped is the weaving belt in the heavenly machine. Samin once again eagerly quoted the line. In the seaside market is lost a silk kerchief, but Ling Dayu would not let her continue, and taking up the thread, she forthwith said, With quiet silence, it enshrouds the raised kiosk. Xiang vehemently gave the antithetical verse. The other poor clings to his pannier and his bowl. Bao Qing too would not give in as a favour to anyone, so hastily she exclaimed, the water meant to brew, the tea which gently bubbles up. Xiaoming saw how excited they were getting, and she thought it naturally great fun. Laughing, she eagerly gave out. When wine is boiled with leaves, tis not easy to burn. Dairy also smiled while suggesting. The broom with which the bond sweeps the hill is sunk in snow. Baoqing too smilingly cried. The young lad takes away the loot interred in snow. Samin laughed to such degree that she was bent in two, and she muttered a line with such rapidity that one and all inquired of her, What are you, after all, saying? In the stone tower leisurely sleeps the stork, Samin repeated. Dayu clasped her breast, so convulsed was she with laughter. With loud voice she bawled out, the embroidered carpet warms the affectionate cat. Baoqing quickly, again laughingly exclaimed, Inside Selene's cave law roll the silvery waves. Samin added with eager haste, Within the city walls that eve was hid a purple flag. Dai with alacrity continued with a smile, The fragrant sweet which penetrates into the plums is good to eat. Baoqai smiled, what a fine line, she ejaculated, after which she hastened to complete the couplet by saying, The drops from the bamboo are meat, when one is drunk, to mix with wine. Baoting likewise made haste to add, Betimes, the hymeneal girdle it moistens. Sunring eagerly paired it with, Oft it feeds on the kingfisher's shoes. Dairy once more exclaimed with vehemence, no wind doth blow, but yet there is a rush. Baoting promptly also smiled and strung on. No rain low falls, but still a patter's heard. Xiaoming was leaning over, 
indulging in such merriment that she was quite doubled up in two but everybody else had realized that the trio was struggling for mastery so without attempting to versify they kept their gaze fixed on them and gave way to laughter Dai gave her another push to try and induce her to go on do you also sometimes come to your wits ends and run to the end of your tether she went on to say i'd like to see what other stuff and nonsense you can come out with Xiaoming, however, simply fell forward on Bao Chai's lap and laughed incessantly. If you've got any gumption about you, Bao Chai exclaimed, shoving her up, take the second rhymes under Xiao and exhaust them all, and I'll then bend the knee to you. It isn't as if I were writing verses, Xiaoming laughed, rising to her feet. It's really as if I were fighting for this very life. It's for you to come out with something, they all cried with a laugh. Tan Chun had long ago determined in her mind that there could be no other antithetical sentences that she herself could possibly propose, and she forthwith set to work to copy out the verses. But as she passed the remark, they haven't as yet been brought to your proper close. Li Wen took up the clue as soon as she caught her words and added the sentiment. My wish is to record this morning's fun. Li Qi then suggested as a finale the line by these verses i'd fain sing the emperor's praise that's enough that will do li wen cried the rhymes haven't i admit been exhausted but any outside words you might introduce will if used in a forced sense be worth nothing at all while continuing their arguments the various inmates drew near and kept up a searching criticism for a time sami was found to be the one among them who had devised the largest number of lines. This is mainly due, they unanimously laughed, to the virtue of that piece of venison. Let's review them line by line as they come, Li Wan smilingly proposed, but yet as if they formed one continuous poem. Here's Bao Yu last again. I haven't, the fact is, the knack of pairing sentences, Bao Yu rejoined with a smile. It better therefore make some allowance for me. There's no such thing as making allowances for you in meeting after meeting, Liwan demurred, laughing, that you should again after that give out the rhymes in a reckless manner, waste your time and not show yourself able to put two lines together. You must absolutely bear a penalty today. I just caught a glimpse of the red plum in the Long Tui Monastery, and how charming it is. I meant to have plucked a twig to put in the vase, but so loathsome is the way in which Miao Yu goes on that I won't have anything to do with her, but we'll punish him by making him, for the sake of fun, fetch a twig for us to put in water. This penalty, they shouted with one accord, is both excellent as well as pleasant. Bao Yu himself was no less delighted to carry it into execution, so signifying his readiness to comply with their wishes, he felt desirous to be off at once. It's exceedingly cold outside, Samming and Dai simultaneously remarked. So have a glass of warm wine before you go. Samming speedily took up the kettle, and Dai handed him a large cup filled to the very brim. Now swallow the wine we give you, Samming smiled, and if you don't bring any plum blossom, we'll inflict a double penalty. Bao Yu gulped down hurry scurry the whole contents of the cup, 
and started on his errand in the face of the snow. Follow him carefully, Liu Ran enjoined the servants. Dai Yu, however, hastened to interfere and make her desist. There's no such need, she cried. Will anyone to go with him? He'll contrarywise not get the flowers. Liu Ran nodded her head. Yes, she assented, and then went on to direct a waiting maid to bring a vase in the shape of a beautiful girl with high shoulders to fill it with water and get it ready to put the plum blossom in. And when he comes back, she felt induced to add, we must recite verses on the red plum. I'll indite a stanza in advance, eagerly exclaimed Xiangyun. We'll on no account let you indite any more today, Bao Chai laughed. You beat every one of us hollow, so if we sit with idle hands, there won't be any fun. But by and by we'll find Bao Yu, and, as he says that he can't put antithetical lines, we'll not make him compose a stanza himself. This is a capital idea, Dao smiled, but I've got another proposal. As the lines just paired are not sufficient, won't it be well to pick out those who put together the fewest dishes, and make them versify on the red plum blossom? An excellent proposal, Bao Chai ventured, laughing. The three girls, Xing Shouyan, Li Wen, and Li Qi, failed just now to do justice to their talents. Besides, they are visitors, and Xing Er, Ping Er, and Ring Er got the best of us by a good deal. It's only right that none of us should compose any more, and that that trio should only do so. Qi Er, Li Wen thereupon retorted, is also not a very good hand at verses, let therefore cousin Qing have a try. Bao Chai had no alternative but to express her acquiescence. Let the three words, red plum blossom, she then suggested, be used for rhymes, and let each person compose an heptameter stanza. Cousin Qing to indict on the word red, your elder cousin Li on plum, and Qing Er on blossom. If you let Bao Yu off, Liu An interposed, I won't have it. I've got a capital theme, Xiaoming eagerly remarked, so let's make him write some. What theme is it? One and all inquired. If we made him, Xiaoming resumed, versify on, in search of Miao Yu to beg for red plum blossom, won't it be full of fun? That will be full of zest, the party exclaimed, upon hearing the theme propounded by her. But hardly had they given expression to their approval than they perceived Bao Yu come in, beaming with smiles and glee, and holding with both hands a branch of red plum blossom. The maids hurriedly relieved him of his burden and put the branch in the vase, and the inmates present came over in a body to feast their eyes on it. Well, may you look at it now, Bao Yu smiled. You've got no idea what an amount of trouble it has cost me. As he uttered these words, Tan Chun handed him at once another cup of warm wine, and the maids approached and took his wrapper and hat and shook off the snow. But the servant girls attached to their respective quarters then brought them over extra articles of clothing. Xi Ren, in like manner, dispatched a domestic with her police, the worse for wear, lined with fur from foxes' ribs. So Li Wan, having directed a servant to fill a plate with steamed large taro, and to make up two dishes with red-skinned oranges, yellow coolie oranges, olives, and other like things, bade someone take them over to Xi Ren. 
Sharing also communicated to Pao Yu the subject for verses they had decided upon a short while back, but she likewise urged Pao Yu to be quick and accomplish his task. Dear senior cousin, dear junior cousin, pleaded Pao Yu, let me use my own rhymes. Don't bind me down to any. Go on as you like, they replied with one consent. But conversing the while, they passed the plum blossom under inspection. This bowl of plum blossom was, in fact, only two feet in height, but from the side projected a branch, crosswise, about two or three feet in length, the small twigs and stalks on which resembled coiled dragons or crouching earthworms, and were either single and trimmed pencil-like, or thick and bushy grove-like. Indeed, their appearance was as if the blossom spurted cosmetic. This fragrance put orchids to the blush, so everyone present contributed her quota of praise. Xiu Yan, Li Wen, and Bao Qing had, little though it was expected, all three already finished their lines, and each copied them out for herself, so the company began to peruse their compositions, subjoined below, in the order of the three words, Red Plum Blossom. Verses to the Red Plum Blossom by Xing Xiu Yan The peach tree has not stunned its fragrance yet, the almond is not red. What time it strikes the cold, is first joyful to smile at the east wind. When his spirit to the yuling hath flown, tis hard to say to spring. The russet clouds across the lawful lie, so even to dreams is closed. The green petals add grace to a coiffure when painted candles burn. The simple elf, when primed with wine, doth the waning rainbow bestride. Does this appearance speak of a colour of ordinary run? Both dark and light fall of their own free will into the ice and snow. The next was the production of Li Wen, and his burden was, To write on the white plum I'm not disposed, but I write on the red. Proud of its beauteous charms, Tis first to meet the opening drunken eye. On his frost-nipped face are marks, and these consist wholly of blood. His heart is sore, but no anger rich knows. To ashes, too, it turns. By some mistake, a pill a fairy takes and quits her real frame. From the fairyland pool she secrets drops, and consort her own form. In spring, both north and south of the river, with splendour it doth bloom. Send word to bees and butterflies that they need not give way to fears. This stanza came next from the pen of Xue Baoqing. Far distant do the branches grow, but how beauteous the blossom blooms. The maidens try with profuse show to compete in their spring headdress. No snow remains on the vacant pavilion and the tortuous rails. Upon the running stream and desolate hills descend the russet clouds. When cold prevails, one can in a seal dream follow the last blown fife. The wandering elf roves in fragrant spring, the boat in the red stream. In previous existence, it must sure have been of fairy form. No doubt need again arrive as to its beauty deferring from then. End of section 50. Recording by Yu Qing in Singapore.